Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. We encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that online at fellowshipgj.com. Pick the giving option that works best for you and help us to continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's message. Well, again, church family, I'm going to say good morning. We are so glad that you're here with us today uh, as we continue this series. Last week, we started talking uh, from the subject in this house, and it's kind of like a family meeting. How many of you were here last week? Yeah, uh, I want to encourage you, if you weren't here, if you missed it for whatever reason, we want to encourage you, get online, get on our YouTube channel uh, and our podcast and make sure you catch up because what we're talking about is the values that we have specifically in this house, specifically in our church, specifically fellowship church, that God has given us vision. And there are certain expectations that we have here in fellowship church that we want to make sure everyone is clear on because certain expectations, you know, going from one house to another, especially this time of year in the holiday season, we're, we're doing Christmas parties at people's houses and stuff like that. Uh, certain expectations are communicated and, and then others can just be a assumed and you, and you don't know. And sometimes you could go to a house where like, if you want something to drink, they're like, you know where the kitchen is, go get something to drink yourself. And then other places you go into the kitchen without permission and grandma might just hit you with the wooden spoon, you know? So like, we want to make sure when it comes to the values of our home, the values of fellowship church, that, that they're not left up for assumption, but we want to clearly communicate exactly what it is that God ha has given us as vision for what what we're supposed to be, what our intention is uh, here in Grand Junction as a church body. So uh, we want to go ahead and continue this family meeting. I, I hope you're ready for this. You want to uh, continue this little talk as a family church today? Is that good? Okay, well, before I get into it, let's talk to our Heavenly Father today. Heavenly Father, we come before you and we acknowledge your presence. Um, God, we know you're already in this place, so we pray you'd make us aware of your presence. We pray you, we'd see you more clearly, we'd hear you more clearly. We pray as we get into your word that your Holy Spirit would give us understanding of what your word means. So God, that we would leave here changed. God, looking like what you intend us to look like. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Um, we see in Matthew chapter 22, uh, Jesus teaches and um, he's teaching a group of people with, with a parable that I really want us to take a close look at today. He says this starting in verse one. It says, Jesus responded by telling still more stories. God's kingdom, he says, is like a king who threw a wedding banquet for his son. He sent out servants to call in all the invited guests and they wouldn't come. And he sent out another round of servants instructing them to tell the guests, look, everything's on the table. The prime rib is ready for carving. Come to the feast. Sounds like a good party. There's prime rib. I want to go. They only shrugged their shoulders and, and went off one to weed his garden another to work in his shop. Basically, the, these people had better things to do, at least they thought. And the rest with nothing better to do, beat up the messenger and killed him. <laughs> what? <laughs> that took a weird turn. Um, 
Guys, I got to tell you, you need to read the Bible. Some of the stories in here, it's like, this is better than days of our lives, right? It's like these... Jesus is telling the story. He's like, all of a sudden, yeah, then, then they disrespected the messenger and, and killed him. So he goes on and says this. So the king was outraged and sent his soldiers to destroy those thugs and level their city. Then he told his servants, we have a wedding banquet all prepared, but no guest. The ones that I invited weren't up to it. So go out into the busiest intersections in town and invite anyone you find to the banquet. And the servants went out to the streets and rounded up everyone that they laid eyes on, good and bad, regardless. And the banquet was on, every place was filled. See, I love how Jesus is illustrating the kingdom of God here and how um, he's saying the kingdom is like a banquet where the king is throwing this, this party for his son. Now, now you and I would know that the son being spoken about in this parable is Jesus and the banquet is the church. And he's saying, listen, I, I've invited people, but there's certain people that were just, they're too busy to come to church. They're just, they're too busy to come and be involved in this, this party that I'm throwing for my son. They got better things to do. Some of them, they got to go shovel their, their sidewalks. Some of them, they got to go stand in line at the mall because they, that's just what they want to do today. They got, they got better things to do. He's saying, so I'm, I'm inviting, but for whatever reason, they, they're not up to it. They, they don't want to come to the party that I'm throwing, a party where there's food on the table, where everyone's going to be filled. It's going to be a feast. It's going gonna, it's gonna to change people's lives, and yet they're not up to it. So he says to the servants, now what I want you to do, okay? So I invited people, they didn't come. So what I want you to do is I want you to go out and, and I want you to invite everyone that you can lay your eyes on. If you can see them, then invite them. And these are the types of people he, specifically they're supposed to invite. The good and the bad. Isn't it interesting that Jesus uh, makes a very clear distinction here that who he wants invited to the party are good people? but not just good people. He wants bad people too, the good and the bad. And I thank God that he allows bad people into his presence. I thank God that he allows people into his presence who, uh, who don't match up, who don't look like they got it all together, who, who don't know the right things to say and know the right ways to act. I thank God that he wants the good and the bad. And I wanna encourage you today that you might feel like you don't have it together. And I know there are people that sometimes come into church feeling like, man, I don't know if I should be here. My life isn't all cleaned up. It's not right. The good news is we know our God wants you here. And it's not an accident that you're here in his presence. You don't got to get it all figured out and you don't got to get it all cleaned up. He wants us to invite the good and the bad to come to his party. So today I want to talk about three things in this in this series, in this house, three things specifically at Fellowship Church that we are praying that God would fill this house with. Three things specifically. Number one, we are praying, this is, this is my heart for our church, and I pray that you would pray this with me and that we would all get on board because it is the value of this house. In this house, we want broken people. We want broken people in this house that God would fill this house with broken people. Now, I know that, that if you've been in church for a while, it's easy to want safe church. 
It's easy to want like cookie cutter church where like everyone knows the songs and everyone dresses the same way and everyone votes the same way, acts the same way and believes the same way and, and everyone thinks the same way and they've, they've got it together and their, their families look right and they act right and if they don't got it right, they're gonna get it right before they get in here. I know that sometimes we want safe church, but what we recognize in scripture is that is not the church that Jesus is trying to build. Because what he says here is he says, I want you to go invite the good and the bad. I want you to go invite broken people. I want you to go find people who don't have it all together, who are broken. And, and, and what I've learned about brokenness is that brokenness comes in all shapes and sizes. Everyone of us are affected by brokenness. You know, there are different house rules where you might go to one house and, and there might be a sign at the door that says, kick your shoes off at the door. We don't want your shoes in this house. Well, there's kind of a, a, an expectation here at Fellowship Church where we want you to understand it's not kick your shoes off at the door, it's take your mask off at the door. Because here's something I can tell you to be perfectly honest about the person you're sitting next to. Look at that sweet person you're sitting next to. Look at how, how pretty they are. They got their makeup on. They, that person is messed up. <laughs> they jacked up. A smiling face. So you, might, you might look there. You might see, you might, it, they might be looking beautiful today. You might see some makeup. You might see, I don't know, might be some gray hair and some wrinkles. I don't know. It's gorgeous. But I'll tell you what, there, it, there's covering up the fact that maybe there's some brokenness there. Because brokenness affects every one of us. In fact, we, we, we see that brokenness, um, it affects rich people. It affects poor people. Right? There's no prejudice when it comes to brokenness. Brokenness will affect sick people and healthy people. Brokenness can affect married people and single people. It can affect divorced people. It can affect young people. It can affect old people. See, brokenness is not prejudice. The truth is there are more broken people than there are fixed people. And it's something that we have to understand that that though the world would try to tell us you gotta have it together before you come into the presence of God, you've gotta have it together before you come to church. That's what Jesus is saying is no, 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 no. I'm throwing a party and who I want in this party is I want some broken people. I want some people who are gonna leave their mask at the door and they're not gonna act like they're good and they're not gonna act like they're bad. They're gonna just come in exactly how they are, good and bad. We want everyone at my party. So you don't have to look too far to find a broken person. That's why Jesus says, what I want you to do is I want you to invite everyone that you find. His assumption is you see a person, <laughs> odds are they're broken. They need the fixer. They need, they need to come to the party they, where they're gonna get filled up, where they're, they're gonna be changed, where they're gonna get some help. See, brokenness comes in all different forms. See, broke people, they're broke. I know that's deep, right? <laughs> but let me say it a different way. Broke people, they're bankrupt. They're depleted. They're coming up short in some area of their life. And, and it comes in different forms. You, you, can be, you can be purpose broke. Like I'm searching for purpose. I want, it's like I'm doing different things, trying to find out what is my purpose in life. Maybe I should follow this career path or that path. I should serve here or there. So it's like we're, we're trying to find out where do I fit? What group of people should I hang with? What, what should my hobbies be? I don't even know. And you can go through life feeling purpose broke. 
You can be joy broke. I mean, it's like the, the happiness, the joy has just been zapped out of your life. It's like, I, I try to be happy, but the truth is, uh, is I'm faking it. And I can even be happy. I can have joy for a moment. I mean, there'll be times where like for this moment when, we were, when we're at this party, when we have this event, I'm gonna try for a moment to be happy, but, but it, it's fake, it's not real, it doesn't last because the second the moment is over, the, the joy left with it. You can be joy broken when a part of your life has been shattered by brokenness, been shattered by pain. There's, there's certain times and certain seasons where you can feel bankrupt, where there's not enough resources. And I'm not talking about money. There's just not enough resources to make you feel filled up enough to feel joyful. You can be joy broke. You can be family broke. There are people in this room, you understand exactly what I mean when I say family broke. You can have a great mom and dad and 17 brothers and sisters and still feel like you have no family. But the good news is, is, is when we come into the presence of God and we're accepted by our heavenly father and he invites us into his family, you can start to get a sense of family like you've never had before. When you start to recognize now I'm part of something where we're all following the same king. We're all moving in the same direction. And my mom and dad might be a different mom and dad than you, but we are on the same family. We're still moving forward. But there's a lot of us in this room that you feel like when you look at the dynamics of your family, I just feel broke. Brokenness can come in the form of being sober broke. That just means you're not sober. <laughs> Saying, I feel like I've got holes in my heart and I'm trying, I don't know how to fix them. I don't know how to fill them. So I'm searching for anything that, that, will, that will just like ease the pain or pacify me for a moment. Bring me a little bit of pleasure for a moment. You, you can be sober broke. You can also be peace broke. You can... Be the type of person who is like, you look like you got everything to it all together, but that you're walking the floor in the middle of the night. You're always anxious, always worried, always fearful, always concerned that something bad is gonna happen. You can be peace broke. See, when you really break brokenness down, brokenness can happen to a family that has been married for 25 years that lives in a great neighborhood. It, it, it doesn't just like, break down into certain classes or certain areas of a city or anything. I mean, you, you, you don't have to be lowly to be broken. You can be a leader and be broken. You don't have to be sick to be broken. You can be healthy and be broken. You can have a right mind and still be broken. You could be at church every Sunday sitting in the same seat and still be broken. Brokenness happens in every one of our lives. See, when you're broken, you're, you're in something. When you're broken, you, you normally end up stuck in something. I wish broken was spelled different. I wish it was spelled B-R-O-K-I-N because you, you're in something, but it's not. So we'll just like go with sounds today, right? We're doing sounds. But, but when you're broken, you're, you're in something. You could be in uh, dysfunction. You can be in an affair. You can be in an addiction. You can be in homosexuality. You can be in some sort of toxic relationship. When you're broken, you normally will end up stuck in something where, where, where you're trying to get out of it, but because of your brokenness, you, you don't know how to get out of it. And there are people that are, are stuck in things. And today in this room, I know uh, there are some of you that you feel like you're, you're in something. You're stuck in something. You want out of it, but you just don't know how to go, get out of it. And the good news is, though, is that 
that we want you here. And we want you here because God wants you here. And it's good that you're here today because God wants broken people in his house. He wants people that he can help, people that he can change. See, when we pray, church family, God, fill this house with broken people. It's something that when we start praying, it's like, man, that sounds awesome. Yeah, God, fill this house with broken people. But then you think about it, you're like, whoa, wait a minute. What's coming with all this brokenness? Because if I bring all of my brokenness and you bring all of your brokenness, that's a lot of jacked up, right? (laughs) So what's coming with all this? And and it's like, if we're inviting broken people in, we got to realize that we're, we're, we're inviting a mess in. Uh, that God has invited my mess into this room. He's invited your mess into this room. And, and that means when you invite broken people in, that, that people that are fixed, people that are uh, a little bit healthier are gonna have to give of, uh, of themselves in order to be able to serve those who are broken. It, it also means that it's gonna take a little bit. It might take a little bit for us to, to get unstuck, for us to come out of our mess. Because you don't, you don't come out of brokenness o- overnight. Like you don't, you don't get stuck in something and be in an addiction for years and being in a pattern for years where you're struggling and, and, there's, and there's all sorts of different areas where you could be stuck. For you. And that, it doesn't just overnight, it changes and it happens. Like, have you ever dropped a dish in the kitchen? And it's like, it shatters and, and for just a moment, it takes a minute to clean up. You don't just let your kids run in there. You don't walk into the kitchen without shoes on for a minute because it takes a little bit to clean up before you actually are able to move in there again. When we invite brokenness in, we're inviting a mess in. And we gotta understand that sometimes it takes a little bit and that's okay. That's why, man, I, I, hear, I hear real judgmental people every once in a while say, say stupid things like, can you believe that they would let that person serve their fellowship church? Well, yeah, because we want broken people. <laughs> can you believe that they, they would, do you know what they've gone, been through, what they've done? Can you believe after all that they've done, they would let that person serve a fellowship because we want broken people. Because when God said, I want you to fill this house, he didn't say just with good people. He said with good and bad people. And you're not gonna go from being someone who's stuck and hurting and in something to just overnight, you're out of it. It might take just a minute. And the good news is God will work on you and change you and he'll, he'll help you. And over time, there's gonna be a change that takes place in your life, but you're not excluded from helping. You're not excluded from being part of the family simply because you're broken. Cause guess what? We're all broken. If we just, let's make the rule, okay, you gotta be perfect to serve here at Fellowship Church. The first thing we need to do is lock the doors and kick every one of us out. Because I wouldn't be qualified and neither would you. We, we all have our issues. We all have our brokenness. That's why I'm saying mask off at the door. So it doesn't help our city for us to go into our city and act like, oh, I got it all together. I'm a Christian, I'm perfect, I'm good. No, what we do is we recognize that we're all broken and what we all need is the fixer. We all need to go to the banquet where we've been invited by the king to where we can be fed at his table and we can be loved regardless of where we are. And see, I know this isn't normal, 
But this is what we're praying for, that God would fill this house with broken people because the Bible says, Jesus said these words, every place was filled. Every place was filled. Can I be honest with you? Let's get real for a moment. Look, look around. There shouldn't be any empty seats around you. So guys, what are we doing? I mean, what are you doing? What, what, what am I doing here in order to be able to, to, to invite people into the kingdom? Are, are we taking God at his word where he says, listen, I am throwing a party and you are invited and I want everyone to come in here. Are we the type of people that, that sound like the first group in this story that would say, ah, I got better things to do. I might be there this weekend, I might not, you know, like I might go skiing next weekend. Or will we go, wait a minute, our king has invited us where we don't deserve to be. And yet, and yet he, he loves us, even though I'm broken, he invites me in. So I'm going to go out and I'm going to take him at his word. And I'm going to go and round up every person I find, everyone I lay my eyes on and invite them to come. Invite them to come. And you know, man, I know that it's a struggle sometimes when you invite people to come to church and they're like the first two groups that they just don't come. But, but there's more out there. And that's why Jesus said, I want you to go back out and, and, and send more servants out and keep inviting, keep inviting, keep bringing people in. Because we can come up with excuses and say, you know what? It's Sunday and people are busy this time of year. And you know, there's all these different things going on. So it's like probably on a Sunday, people would rather just rest and stuff like that. Well, let me tell you something. God opened my eyes to something a couple weeks ago because Amelie and I have been in the middle of a move and, uh, and I had a Sunday off a couple weeks back where we were moving into our house. And, and while we were moving in, I was having to do run after run after run to Home Depot because crying out loud, that's what you do when you move into a house, like 15 times in one day. And, and it was Sunday and I, and I was shocked as I drove by church parking lot after church parking lot and saw empty parking lots. And then, then I drove past all these different stores and every retailer that I drove past, they were, they were full. What does that tell me? It doesn't tell me that the, the excuses that we give to, our, to ourselves are okay, that we would say, well, they're just busy, just too much going on. No, that means that on a Sunday right now, there are thousands of broken people in our city that need the fixer. And the party is on and Jesus has invited us in so he can work with us and he can fill us and he can feed us. And I wonder, are you and I the type of people who would go out and say, come to the table, come to the party. The king is waiting for you to fill you up. Church, do we understand what God is truly inviting us to? Are we going to invite broken people in? See, Jesus was judged for the fact that, that he invited a group of people in that, that didn't seem churchy enough. The Bible says this, it says later when Jesus was eating supper at Matthew's house with his close followers, a lot of dis disreputable characters came and joined them. And when the Pharisees saw him keeping this kind of company, they had, they had a fit and lit into Jesus's followers. What kind of example is this from your teacher? Acting cozy with crooks and riffraff. Jesus overhearing this shot back. That's right, go Jesus. Who needs a doctor, the healthy or the sick? 
Guys, in this house, we are determined to make Fellowship Church a hospital for broken people, a safe haven for people who are hurting and who are struggling and who've been trying to get it all together but still feel broken. This is a, this is a safe haven for people. He, he goes on, who needs a doctor, the healthy or the sick? Go figure out what the scripture means. I'm after mercy, not religion. I'm here to invite, uh, to invite outsiders, not coddle insiders. Wow. I wonder when Jesus looks at us, church family, does he see mercy people or does he see religious people? And God, we ask you for your help right now that you would give us a heart for broken people, that you would fill this house with broken people. Because number one in this house, church family, we want this house filled with broken people. And that brings us to number two. We're praying that God would fill this house with people who would do anything to help broken people. So number one, we want broken people in this house, but then number two, we need people who would do anything, anything for broken people. We're, we're praying for the type of people who, who would love, and it's gonna take love, it's gonna take a deep level of compassion to love broken and hurting people. You gotta be moved with compassion that only God can fill you with in order to help broken people, which means that, that, that there, you're gonna have to do some things. You're gonna have to love some people that you wouldn't normally love. You're gonna have to love some people and serve some people that don't look like you. And, and don't act like you and probably do things that you disagree with and vote for people that you disagree with. We're gonna have to start changing the way we look at people and recognize it's gonna take a deep level of love and compassion to love on people who are hurting people. And this is why, is because hurting people hurt people. And this is something I was taught when I first got into the ministry and it was an encouragement to me because uh, I had pastors around me trying to teach me like, listen, Dan, when you, when you try to minister to someone who doesn't know how to be loved and you try to show them love, they're gonna reject that love that you're trying to show them because they've never been loved before. And we try to befriend someone who's never really had a good friend and you, they might not accept that friendship. They've never been accepted. They've never been loved. They've never been cared for. They've, so when you try to help people, they don't know how to receive that help. And maybe you're gonna try to befriend and love people that, that they're gonna turn their back on you and they're gonna betray you and they're gonna gossip about you because they don't know how to accept that love. They don't know how to honor because brokenness doesn't let honor in. And sometimes when you minister to people and you let people in who are hurt, you might get hurt a little bit yourself. And that's why it takes a deep level of compassion because just like I said, we've dropped, we've dropped dishes in our kitchen before. And I remember when my daughters dropped a glass in the kitchen and there was, there was glass everywhere. I got them out and, and I got down on my hands and my knees and I cleaned up the floor. And by the time I was done, I, my hands were covered in band-aids and I was bleeding all over the place. And I wasn't even the one that dropped the glass. Cause sometimes when you're trying to clean up a mess, when you're trying to help people, sometimes we, we, we get hurt in that process. 
And that's why we've got to recognize when we're inviting the broken in like Jesus wants us to, and we've got to, we've got to pray for the fact that God would give us a compassion and an, and an ability to love deeply, even though sometimes we might get cut along the way. Sometimes we might go through some struggles along the way. We might get betrayed by those very people that we're reaching out and trying to love. But if we're going to be the type of people that we're praying for here, people that will do anything for broken people, we're going to have to start giving of ourselves. We're going to have to start giving. What do you mean by that? Well, giving first off of our, by our time. We don't have to start taking our time to serve one another because I know it's a lot easier where you could just come to church and do your church service and leave. And that's real cozy and it's comfy and it's easy and you can just do that. But remember, it's not just about you anymore. If God has shown us he wants us to go after the broken people, then it's about us, but it's about them too. So now maybe I got to show up early on a Sunday morning so I can serve and hold a baby so that a mother who is broken can sit at the table and learn about how God loves so that they can be served and they could be helped. And now I'm serving with my time and I'm giving of myself because I'm doing anything for broken people. You got to give of your time, but you might also need to to start giving of your resources. Give of resources. Why are you talking about giving of resources? Well, the Bible says in Malachi chapter three, bring the whole tithe, that whole 10% to the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Well, food for who? Well, the king is throwing a banquet, right? The king is trying to feed people, right? Who's he trying to feed? He's trying to feed good people and bad people. He's trying to feed broken people. We need food at the table for who? For the broken people in our city. And let's just get really practical for a moment because people try to tell you church is all about money, all about money. No, let's, let's just think for a moment and be practical. It's like everything we do in the, this house cost money for us to be able to feed and help people spiritually and emotionally and physically. It's like we turn on these lights, lights cost money. Every time we send out a promotional uh, like message or advertisement, that costs money. HVACs cost money to heat this building, to cool this building. It all costs money. I don't want to bore you with the details, but it costs. And that's why God is saying, listen, in my house, make sure that you're bringing your resources to my house so that we can feed broken people and we can help broken people and we can love on broken people. So it's not that God like needs us to bring our stuff or he's going to run out. No, he's got endless supply. What is he doing? He's inviting us to be a part of the only thing that matters. And that's the kingdom work of God. So he's saying, you could live your life for yourself, or I could let you be a part of the king's banquet. I could let you be a part of, of freeing people from sickness and disease, from freeing people from addictions. I could let you be a part of people getting fed at the table. And if you do that, then he says, oh, and by the way, uh, I'm going to bless your socks off for it too. And that could come. I mean, sometimes God blesses people financially that give financially, but a lot of times we see in scripture, he talks about opening up the windows of heaven. When you open the windows, what do you get? You get to be able to see the light comes in. You get wisdom. You, you get vision. Now you're seeing the things. You're getting direction on the things you've been wondering about. He's saying, I'm going to bless you. Why? Because you're becoming part of something. So we've got to give of our, our time. We've got to give of our, of, our, of our resources. We've also got to give just of, of our own 
convenience and our own comfort. Because for some of us in this room, I think the most difficult thing for some of the people in this room is to invite people. It's difficult to invite people. It's inconvenient to invite people because you've tried. And maybe you've been shot down. Maybe you've been like the first group where we go out and we say, come to the table. There's a party. It's going to be awesome. God's going to show up. He's changing my life. It's so cool. And they're like, ah, I got something else to do. I got better things to do. So we, we feel like it's an inconvenience. But, but look here. It's like God is saying, it's like, listen, I asked the first group of people. They didn't come. I asked the second group. They didn't come. So he says this. He says, now I want you to go out to the busiest intersections in the town and invite anyone that you find to the banquet. The servants went out to the streets and rounded up everyone that they laid eyes on. Think about this for a moment. We don't have busy intersections here. But think about LA, think about New York, think about the busiest, most crowded intersections you can find. These people were sent to the busiest street corners to invite everyone. They must have looked crazy, right? These like madmen and mad women out there going, hey, hey, you, you, you wanna come to a party with me? You, you wanna come to church with me? You, would you come to church? You, hey, 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 you, you should come to church with me. You, hey, the king's throwing a banquet. You know, you're invited. You could be filled up. Do you wanna eat? Do you wanna be nourished? Do you want something? You, come, come with me. You, come with me. Because they understood that, listen, the king is throwing a party and everyone's gonna get filled. And, and guys, we gotta understand, I know I'm at, my, I'm at Walmart, but inconvenience me for a moment and invite me because I'm broken and I need help. I know I'm at the gym right now, but inconvenience inconvenience me. I know that I'm hidden in my phone on the side of the soccer field right now, but, but inconvenience me because if the king would fill me up, if he would change me, I want to be a part of that. In church family, we, we got our God. He said, he said, I want you in the game. You got to be in the game. Like, are, are, are we just spectating in this or do we actually like believe that God wants to change us and change our city? I remember when I was in middle school, uh, I, was, I was totally the spectator when it came to certain sports. Like I was too cool for certain things. Like we're playing volleyball, no, nah, I'm too cool for that. So I'll just sit back and watch, right? Or, or kickball, too cool for that. I wasn't too cool, I was insecure. But the truth is I was like, nah, I'm, I'm good, I'm cool. And I, I, did, I spent a lot of time in middle school watching other people be a part of something. And, and here's what I'm trying to tell you is in this house, we, we, don't have, we don't have time for or room for spectation. Like we are a part of something here. And God is saying, it's time to go get broken people and invite them in. So it's time for us to bring our time, to bring our service, to bring our resources, to bring our invitations and start bringing people in that no one would be the spectators, that, that everyone in this house is a part of what we're doing. Well, pastor, that's rude. <laughs> no, it's real. It's real. Because... What if you went to the hospital and your kid was just hurt in a car accident and you come rushing into the hospital and you're like, would you help my kid? Help them. They need help right now. And you see a bunch of people that look like doctors and nurses. They're dressed like it, but they're like, ah, uh, nah, we're just kind of, we don't really do anything here. We're just kind of here for the cafeteria food. <laughs> like what? Jesus is saying, who needs the doctor? Is it the healthy or the sick? 
And that's why in our church, you gotta understand the culture of our church that we can't walk away from who God is intending us to be here. As a group of people who, who, who are praying that God would fill this house with broken people, praying that God would, would fill this house with people who do anything to help broken people. And then number three, we are praying for God's presence. We are praying for his presence. I know we talked about this some last week and we're gonna continue to talk about this every time we meet from now on because we need God's presence. Like, let me be real churchy for a little bit and use it like, and in, in, in talk in a way that might make some of you feel a little bit uncomfortable. What we need every time we meet together is the tangible presence of the Holy Spirit to show up in this room because it is not a song that is gonna change your life. It is not a sermon that is going to change your life. Only the spirit of God can change your life. Only God's presence can change. I'm telling you, it's like, it could be a good concert, but I am, I am nothing but a motivational speaker if the presence of God doesn't show up. Whoop-de-doo, right? It doesn't, you, you take a group of broken people and put us in the same room without the presence of God, you know what we got? We got a group of broken people. But we need God's presence desperately every time we meet together, every time we pray together, every time we worship together, because he is the one that fills in the gaps in our lives. He is the one that changes us. The Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. That means when the Holy Spirit shows up in this place, that you could get free. You could get free from those things that, that have been keeping you awake at night. You could get free from addiction. You could get free from that website you keep going back to. There could be change because you can't be in the presence of God and remain the same. Yeah. You can't do it. That's why you, you come into a, the presence of God and you start experiencing him in a tangible way and you start becoming more aware. Because listen, when I talk about the presence of God, we already know God's presence is here. It's more of an awareness of his presence. When we start looking for the fact that he is already in this room with us and we start becoming aware of that, now all of a sudden things that I was once comfortable with, I'm not comfortable with anymore. And those temptations that have just been eating me on the inside, now it's like they're starting to burn off of me. Why? Because they can't stay in the presence of God. And it's like when we spend time in the presence of God, that is where change is. Now, we're not just trying to gather broken people to gather broken people. We're gathering broken people to bring them to the fixer because we need to be fixed. God is the ultimate gap filler. You see, there are so many of us that we go through life and we try to fix ourselves. And we think, if I can just get my problems fixed, I'll be good. And it reminds me of, there's this art form, um, a Japanese pottery art form called uh, Kintsugi, I believe it's called. And there's a picture of it here where what they do is they take broken pottery and instead of just throwing the pottery out, because that's what most of us would do, you get a, a dish, it breaks, you throw it out. They thought, no, what we could do is we could mend it back together, but we're gonna fill the gaps and we're gonna fill the gaps with gold because we, we believe that it's in the brokenness, it's in the scar that makes this unique and shows beauty and shows that there's significance in this bowl. And now this bowl is worth more, and it has more value, is more important than, the, than it was in its original condition. And I think what happens is a lot of us, we go through life and tr we're trying to super glue ourselves back together and hide our scars. When 
we recognize that God never one time says that he wants to heal us to remove the scars from us. He says he wants to heal us so he can use our scars to help other people. So God doesn't try to erase the scars from your life. What he does is he comes and he fills in the gaps of where you've been struggling in your life. And then you've made it through a divorce and you've made it through an addiction and you've made it through some abuse and through some forgiveness. And now that God is starting to fill in, he's got his gold all in on the scars of your life. Now he shows you off and he's going, look, it's not in spite of your brokenness that you're beautiful. It's because of your brokenness that you're beautiful. Because now I can use your life and I could say look world if if I could heal her imagine what I could do to your life and if I could get their son off of drugs imagine what I could do to your kids and if I could fix their marriage imagine what I could do to you do you realize that God wants your mess because he can take the mess of your life and he can make it a beautiful mess but we've got to come to him broken We've got to come to him real. We can't come to him super glued all together going, no, I'm good. I'm fine. See, I'm good. Never mind that spot over there. We've got to come to him and say, no, I'm broken and I need a fixer. So what I want to ask you to do before we leave today is just bow your heads and close your eyes because I believe that there are many of you in this room that you feel like this whole service I've been talking straight to you, about you, that you feel broken. You feel like there are scars, there are things you spend your whole life trying to cover up. So thinking if I can just get this fixed, then I'll be fine. Where, where God wants to fill the gaps. The world would tell us that if we fix ourselves, then we'll be fine. But, but it was Paul that told us in the New Testament that it's in our weakness that he's strong. It's when we come and say, look, I need you to fill in where I'm broken here. That's where we become strong. That's where we become something that he can use to to help more broken people. So what I want to do is I'm going to pray a prayer right now. And I want to ask everyone to pray it with me that if you've never asked Jesus um, to fix you, that you've never asked him to be your savior, to forgive you of your sins, to take your brokenness and use your life to put purpose to your brokenness. We're gonna pray right now. And I wanna encourage, if you've never asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins, pray this, mean it with all your heart. I believe God will move in your life and become your savior if you will do so right now. Let's pray this right now. Dear Jesus, I'm broken, I'm a sinner and I need forgiveness. So I bring my brokenness to you. I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe you rose again. So I ask you now to forgive me of my sins, to be my savior and to fix my life. In Jesus name we pray, amen. Amen. Well, church family, I love you. Maybe you feel like I'm still broken. It's still gonna take some time. Well. It is going to take some time, but you are on a journey with God and he is going to continue working in your life. I love you, church family. See you next week. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved, Romans 10, 9. You can do that right now. I just wanna encourage you to pray this prayer with me. 
Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on a cross for my sins, and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life, and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed that prayer for the first time, or if you need prayer, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY or at prayer at fellowshipgj.com. Thanks again. We hope to see you next week.